0: Hi everybody, this is Kathy with God in the Grief, episode number 25, titled, Don't Yield to Sadness. The thought came from a quote that I wrote down in my grief journal. It's by Mrs. Charles Cowman, and she said, There is no use yielding to sadness, for it leaves the soul very much like an instrument out of tune. And Satan, unlike all other musicians, has a great fancy for playing on an untuned instrument. So that was food for thought for me. And I got to thinking about, you know, sadness comes our way, but we really don't want to yield to that. What is yielding to sadness? Yield means to give way to a demand, to surrender, lay down arms. We don't want sadness to demand to be in our life because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And a lot of times, you know, we can have things come that make us sad and that's a normal emotional reaction. But we don't want to yield to the emotion of sadness to the point where it makes us lay down and surrender all of our joy, all of our gratitude, all of our praise, all of the things that would be good for us. We don't want to get to that point. Not only that, sadness can bring some friends along that are not very good friends. We don't want to have them hanging out with us as well as sadness. So what I had to learn to do was to take some tools up to learn how to dispel this sadness in my life. So there is five things. That I've learned to do and they're so basic and you're gonna go well those are simple but yes they're very simple tools but they're very valuable and they work every single time so I'm just gonna reiterate what you probably already know but it's a good reminder number one is to read the word of God I find the Psalms very helpful when I'm sad Uh, David dealt with his emotions in the Psalms a lot. And he did that by encouraging himself in praise and in honoring God and being thankful. So we can too, we can read the Word of God, we can sing the hymns, and we can encourage ourselves just like David did. Psalms 42 and 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. He encouraged himself a lot. And when we read through his words, we can be encouraged also. But it is true. Why are we cast down? Why are we so sad when we have God, when we have his help, when we have his comfort, when he's provided us hope? And we can just ask ourselves the same question. You know, why am I Still sad? Why am I allowing this sadness to overwhelm me? And we can remind ourselves about God and what He is to us, and He's our hope. I've found that praising God and thanking God is one of the best antidotes for sadness. It really, really is just being grateful, just being thankful, and just praising God. And then when you do that, when you praise God, you know what follows? A, A hope springs up and encouragement springs up. And you find yourself in a lot better emotional state than you began. One of the things that is so true about praise is that they cannot dwell together in the same moment. So, you, it's impossible for you to be sad and to be singing praise to God both at the same time. Or you really have, are gonna have a hard time praising if you're so enveloped with with sadness that you can't even pull up a thankful heart so the two can't dwell together in the same moment you can have sadness come but you can dispel it with praise you can have sadness come again and then you can just think of the things to be grateful for so you can um displace sadness with praise and with reading of god's word and just encouraging yourself in that number 2 is to pray is it while well, that was simple you know it is simple but it's always available at any time, any moment, and sadness seems to come upon us in that same instance, you know, it comes any time, any moment, anywhere, but God is always there to hear us. And so we can tell God about our problems. There is a beautiful song that a guy named Elisha A. Hoffman wrote in 1893. And if you um, like the hymns, you've probably heard it. It's I Must Tell Jesus. It is a beautiful hymn. And he actually came up with this hymn because he was visiting the home of a mother who was in the depths of despair and he was trying his best to encourage her and he was quoting Bible verses to her to console her and nothing was helping. And finally, he just said, you know, the only thing I could suggest that you can do is to just Take all your sorrows to the Lord. You know, you really just must go tell Jesus. And then she brightened up and she said, yes, that is what I must do. I must just go tell Jesus. And he was so um, encouraged that that simple little thing helped her that he went home and he wrote this beautiful song. And I'm going to read it because it has beautiful words. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for his own. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask him, he will deliver. Make of my troubles quickly an end. Tempted and tried, I need a great Savior, one who can help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, he all my cares and sorrows will share. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. So don't forget your avenue of prayer. Um, Praying to God can be like talking to a therapist. He's a very great listener, but his advice is even better. Psalm 6 and 9 says, The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. And Psalm sixty-six and twenty says, "Blessed be God which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me." Number three is allow yourself to be comforted by others. As I was doing this little study, I loved how many times I found in the Bible that Jesus, before he would heal somebody, before he took care of a problem, a lot of times he said, "Be of good comfort." I will heal you or be of good comfort. And he would try to comfort the distressed person coming to him. He comforted them first and then he took care of their needs. And I found that that's true with me. First, I've been comforted and then I've had my broken heart mended. So first comes the comfort and then comes the healing. So don't refuse the comfort. you know. Other people want to comfort you. God wants to comfort you. Allow yourself to be comforted. I'm going to read to you one of my very favorite passages. This has been a favorite of mine since I was a little girl. And it is in St. John 14, and it starts with 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, to whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace. I leave with you, and peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, when you comfort a child, you comfort them, you give them comfort so that they don't be sad. Now, don't be sad and you comfort them. That's what Christ wants to do for us. He wants to comfort us so that we're not sad. Number four is to choose hope. We have a choice over how our emotions are going to end up. Like we might start with the emotion of sadness, but we have a choice of how that emotion is going to end. Emotions come and catch us off guard sometimes, but we have the choice of what to do with them once they've taken up residence. The problem with keeping sadness around is that it has a friend called despair that it will want to invite And it'll invite others too, discouragement and depression. And it has quite a few little friends I'd like to bring along. Sadness seems pretty innocent, but despair, if you let that in, it's coming to destroy you. You have to have this choice of what you're going to do with these emotions. A choice to remember the good, to hope in the good, to trust in God and to stand on his promises. We choose what we allow to add to our lives. Number five is to love. God's love is never failing. Get a scripture, cling to it, let it encourage you. Thinking of God and his great love to us should just dispel your sadness. And who hasn't had somebody that loved them? That just would come along and, help, and, you know, they really wanted to do something for you to help you not to be sad. Allow them to comfort you. Allow them to show their love. And it'll, if you do that, it'll just help you um, not be so sad. We've all had somebody in our life that we have seen sad and we just wanted to do something for them. And it's not very fun when they reject any of your attempts to help them out. And, you know, God doesn't want us to reject the comfort that he would send our way, and the love that he would give to us um, because we want to cling to our sadness instead. So we want to be able to dispel that sadness out of our life so that we can be productive and so that we can be an encouragement and help to other people. There were two examples that I thought of when I thought of sadness in a character. And one was Eeyore. You know, Eeyore was always the sad character in Winnie the Pooh. And he said, don't worry about me. Go enjoy yourself. I'll stay home and be miserable. That's what sadness would have. If we keep sadness as our company, that's what it'll have us do. You go ahead and enjoy your life, but I'm going to stay home and be miserable with my sadness. Um, we don't want to be yours. We want to be happy little tiggers. We definitely don't want to just say everybody else can go on with life, but I'm going to stay here and be miserable. We don't have to be that way. It's a choice. So, you know, when sadness comes and it's going to come and it's going to come again and again and again, that's okay. We just need to learn how to combat it again and again and again. And the other character that I thought of was, it's a storybook that I got for Michael called Driven by Emotions because it helps autistic kids learn how to deal with their emotions. And in it, there is joy, disgust, fear, anger, and sadness and it characterizes each one of these emotions that's going inside that's going on inside of this little girl her name is Riley's head <laughs> and it's really quite interesting but sadness and she's characterized as this little plump blue character she is always messing things up <laughs> sadness can do that too And none of the other emotions really understand what sadness's role is. They Because they're all supposed to be working for the best of this little girl, Riley. They're supposed to be making Riley happy and giving her all the emotions that she needs to have a successful, happy life. And so they can't figure out why, what is sadness's role even in all of this? And so sadness would realize this and she would try to be optimistic. She would try to be happy um but it was, she just found it so hard to be positive and she would say sometimes it just seems like the best thing to do is to just lie on the floor and have a good cry right that's what sadness normally would do and then she would have to be drug around by the foot by her friend joy because she would just plop down on the ground and say i i am just so sad i can't even get up and walk anymore and they were on this mission to find some memories, I believe. And and so Joy would just drag her around by the foot and they would keep going on their little mission and then she would sadness would try to rally herself and all of a sudden she would say, Oh I'm sorry. I went sad again, didn't I? And of course she did. She's sadness. And then she would say, I don't think this is going to work. I'm just way too sad to walk. And so then Joy would grab her and carry her around, But sometimes we have to do that with ourselves. We have to find joy and just let it drag our sadness around with us. You know, don't stay home and do nothing because you're too sad. Go ahead and let joy drag sadness around. Just, okay, we still have to go out. We still have to do this. Come along, sadness. You're coming with me. And we're going to go out and we're going to socialize and we're going to go to this Function, and we're going to go do this other task that we need to, or we're going to be around people, and it's not going to be the easiest thing, but I'm just going to drag you around with me. That's what joy does to sadness. And then the other thing that sadness did was she would touch the memories and erase them. And this was like put everybody else in panic because they wanted to keep those good memories. And she would touch them and then all those good memories would disappear and you know sadness is often like that sadness will overwhelm our mind to where we're forgetting the good times we're forgetting all those good things that we need to be grateful for because sadness erases it makes it go away sadness is a normal emotion we are all created with the emotion of sadness that will come to us from time to time we just don't want to yield to it so that it is enveloping our every thought, so that it is taking over our emotional state. But sadness, you know, it's there. It, If you're sad, it was probably because you loved deeply. Um, something that you treasured, your connections or your uh, people or something that reminded us of how much we cared is now gone. And that makes us sad because we can't get it back. (laughs) Sadness is a normal reaction. Uh, We just don't want to yield to it in a way where it just takes over our life. So I've given you the tools that I use to help dispel sadness when it comes along my pathway, reading the word of God, praying, allowing myself to be comforted, choosing hope, and remembering God's love. Those are the things that I use to dispel my sadness. And as always, I'm going to end with reading something right out of my grief journal. And what I chose to read today was written about a year after the boys died. So it's towards the end of my journal, but it's where this thought of sadness came from. I wrote about it. So um, I wanted to read it. It's been a year. It's hard to believe that it's been a year since I saw the twinkle in michael's black eyes or felt the gentle touch of isaac the ache is not as sharp but oh how i miss those boys there's not a day goes by sometimes not an hour goes by that i do not think of them and i wonder what heaven is like do they like it there are they ever sad the bible says they'll be happy and never sad it's hard to imagine in our world of sorrow death and grief it has taught me much i've started sharing all the ways that God has taught me valuable things. It is a choice. We can let sadness bring friends like despair and become alone and bitter, or we can learn beautiful truths that make us grow and help each other out. It is all a choice. So that is it for episode 25, Don't Yield to Sadness. And my last thought for this episode is from a book called Keeper of Lost Things. And in it, a little girl was trying to cheer up her neighbor. And she said to her, if you never get sadness, how do you know what happy is like? Don't forget there's a balance in life. The sadness will help us appreciate the good times. Just don't keep it around. Don't yield to it.